Inductees into the South Dakota Hall of Fame come from all backgrounds of life, but one thing they all have in common is their daily pursuit of their dreams. In this podcast, you will hear stories of the legacy of these inductees and how these dream chasers have impacted South Dakota in meaningful ways. Well, good afternoon. My name is Steve Flannery. I'm a director with the South Dakota Hall of Fame. And today I'm with the descendants of our newest inductee, Grace Martin Hiley, who uh, originally grew up in the Hot Springs area. And I'd like to introduce you to Cheryl Zimiga, her granddaughter, mm-hmm. and Karen Lockhart, her granddaughter, and Tony Hansen, her great-granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. And we just want to share a conversation about uh, your grandmother and great-grandmother. And uh, Grace Hiley was born in, Martin Hiley was born in 1895 uh, in a family homestead near Hot Springs, South Dakota. And she attended Nebraska Wesleyan University. And in 1929, she started as the first relief worker for the Fall River County Commissioners Mm -hmm. and then became the Fall River County Welfare Director. And it led to a lifelong career of commitment to children and families that are underserved in the state of South Dakota. So uh, I would like uh, I would like you guys to tell the story and uh, tell a story about her first clients in a cave near Edgemont, I believe it was. Well, her very first job, she drove a Model A Ford pickup to visit a family that was living in a cave. They had nine children, and they only had uh, flour and milk from about six goats. And that was her very first experience on the job. Wow, and that motivated her. Yes, very much motivated. To spend her life helping children and families. Mm -hmm. And she was a motivated person. She was a very strong family person, so yeah. Uh, These are great. And she uh, went on, as starting with on a county level, in 1939, she became the director of the South Dakota Child Welfare Department. And for 21 years, she built South Dakota uh, into a nationally recognized program uh, of child and family welfare, overcoming all kinds of financing obstacles, untrained staff, and um, meager, meager funding. And as you just said, Cheryl, it motivated her to continue to build this program and one of the strongest programs in, in the country. And a model, her program became a model for other states. Correct? It did, yeah, it did. It's just yeah. awesome. And um, I can't imagine what it was like during the Depression, coming out of the Depression, uh, the dirty 30s. Uh, you talk about poverty and you talk about people, right. needing goats and right. flour, you know. Right. It's just a great story. She, uh, so she took over this office. She started from scratch. She implemented... Uh, strategies and policies and standards so that all children would be served that needed it, correct? And she believed in supervision. She believed Ah. that you needed goals and you needed Ah. policies. And uh, it was kind of interesting because we visited with Harriet Stock a little bit who started to work with her late in the years. And she was given a manual that she said was four inches thick. filled with guidelines. That your grandmother wrote. And her staff, of course, too, you know, but it was under her leadership. And she said she and another gal took a class uh, for getting more credits. And in that class, they would turn to each other and go, well, that's already in the manual. 
that's already in the manual. <laughs> she had it covered. So she um, really did implement those policies and goals. And, and uh, she passed away in the 80s, correct? And mm -hmm. so she spent her whole life doing this, did she? She did, right up, right, right up until the last minute. Um, one of the things that I saw is, in, in doing my research on this, is there, uh, and I assume that one of you wrote this, but she had a phrase about keeping her eye on the child. Mm -hmm. Would you talk about that a little bit? That I think that mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. says it all. Yeah, I think she is the one that wrote that. That came from her, to keep the eye on the child. child. That and to always listen. It's in some of her documents that the best thing you can do is to listen to the child it isn't necessarily what the adults are saying, but to watch mm -hmm. and see what the child is doing and what they're saying to find out where they're coming from and what their need truly is. So, so you have this grandmother and great-grandmother. Uh, I'd like to hear each one of your uh, own experiences. What are some of the, uh, the memories you have of being the granddaughter of Grace? I'd like to share that she was so busy doing so much. And in the beginning, she went to pier during the week, and then she would return to Hot Springs on the weekend, where our grandfather and her youngest son, our father, right. she wanted him to be able to finish high school in Hot Springs. And I remember, honestly, I, can't, I think it was Dad that told me the story that he had come home on the weekend much later than he should have, sneaking into the house and decided he would sleep on the couch so that they wouldn't hear him. And when he awoke the next morning, his suitcase was next to him on the couch. <laughs> and he was off to pier, and he was going to finish in pier, and that was that. <laughs> so when she made her mind up, look out, right? <laughs> yeah, if you have to do something, do it right. Yeah. And was and, that her was it dogged determination was in, right, in, but, in advocating for children? and Right. I mean, she was still was so busy dealing with other children, other things she still had time for her family mm -hmm. right. and to stay on top of things in her family. Right. Yes. And like Dad said, there was no argument. <laughs> the suitcase was there. <laughs> and he finished high school in Pierre. In Pierre, that's funny. I think he played football too, didn't oh, he? Oh, he did. He excelled yeah. in Pierre in athletics, in right? so yeah. Is your father still with us? No, he's okay. passed. Okay. Yeah. How about you, Karen? Uh, what what, what uh, well, stands I would, out for you? Probably a takeoff from what Cheryl just shared that it amazes me, especially now looking back, um, the more I learn about my grandmother, because um, I somewhat took her for granted in a way. I just loved her, and she was always there to love me and love my children. Um, but when I look back on her now and see all these things that she has done, mm -hmm. and as Cheryl said, she still had time, took the time to keep our family together. I mean, some of my great memories are, I mean, the kids were really little, but even before you kids were born, we would all go to grandma's house and we would have these huge dinners. Um, she'd bring the cousins, she would make sure that the rest of her children and all of their children would come. Our summers were filled with the excitement and expectation of our cousins coming. Um, and then when I had my own children, then I would take them to great grandma's house. And um, one of my fun memories is she pulled out a wheelbarrow an old-fashioned wheelbarrow that kind of scoops down like this and put the kids in it and showed me, push the kids up and down the sidewalk. Just things like that that she would do. Um, and in the midst of everything, she'd come over to where I lived and pick the kids up, 
one of my great pictures is of Tony. She's about four, and she's got her little suitcase and her Raggedy Ann doll. Heading off for the weekend with Grandma? She's heading off to get into the car with Grandma. <laughs> but um, then as I got older, she stayed in touch all the time and would give me good advice on um, being a mother and, and having a career. But she would write letters, which oftentimes we don't do anymore, and I have letters from her. Why don't you share? You brought well, one. All right. So I just thought it would be fun to read this letter. When I was looking through things, um, this is one I stumbled upon, and it actually sent. It um, was sent July twenty fourth, nineteen seventy two. Right year after the flood. The flood. Yep. And I'm not going to read it all, but it starts with dearest, which is one of the things that grandmother always used. Dearest, and I, I, assuming she used it on other people, but I know she did our family. Dearest Karen, and. This morning's mail brought your beautiful birthday card with its lovely letter and message. Guess I'm getting to be an old softy, for I cried. I was so pleased and happy. Then she said, I intended to be over sooner, but have had company. A gal from Cleveland, Ohio was here three days. She left yesterday afternoon. Then a foster girl from Rapid City ran away and came here. This would be in Edgemont. And I have had her until this morning. She had been in a foster home for three years. The family were in the flood. The foster father was killed. Six of the foster children drowned. This girl, 16, and the foster mother survived. She was on a pile of debris, was rescued at daylight. She came here to visit her father, but it didn't work out because of the stepmother, and she ran and came to me. To me, that's the powerful statement, and came to me. Came to me. Her social worker from Rapid City came for her this afternoon. The foster mother is in Tennessee with her own daughter. The house was entirely gone. And again, she came to me. That was my grandma. Here's a young woman whose life is totally turned upside down, totally devastated, and she comes to your grandma. Yep. Yeah. yeah right. Wow, that's powerful. Yep. Uh, so. Tony, how about you? Are there any, things, uh, any memories you'd like to share with us about... Uh, Oh, sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, um, of course, I was a lot younger, um, but I knew her, some of my first memories when she lived in Edgemont and how when we'd go to her house and play in the backyard and swing on the weeping willow. And of course, you get tired and you go inside for a drink. And instead of, you know, just here you go, she would get her metal glasses out, oh, the yes. colorful glasses metal glasses. Well, yes. But she would sit down with me when I had my drink and we would talk while I had, and I didn't think of it then, but at the time I realized that's how she was bonding with me and spending time with me um, and noticing me. I guess I felt seen by her because mm -hmm. we would talk and I'd have my drink and often maybe some little cookies or something and then I'd be ready to go off and play again. Um, but I, you know, I felt seen by her and cared by her and then if I ever needed anything at her house, like I remember one time needing a pencil for homework. She didn't give me one pencil. She gave me a whole stack of them rubber band together because I needed all those pencils. And she collected them all the time. Yeah. And one time I needed an aspirin and it wasn't, okay, here's your aspirin with the drink of water. It was, and then here's the whole bottle in case you need some more. I mean, those are just some examples. So the generosity. There was also a, an attic that had been redone and all of us, grandchildren would be up there playing and we'd all sleep together and all the cousins would get to be together and we'd be called down for pancakes and it was just always such a happy happy house mm -hmm. even when we do little kid things like she had this 
wax rose. I don't know if it was a sculpture or a candle, but it was soft, and I love to pick off of it, like Play-Doh. And I, I've never once got scolded, and I think now when I try to make my house look nice, <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't scold me for yeah. that. But I would, and then the candy jar was always full, and so mm -hmm. we would get candy out of the candy jar when we wanted. Yeah. And we went for ice cream. Oh, and the ice cream shop. Oh, yeah. So, of course, we could have ice cream. And my favorite was the sticks, the candy sticks, swirl sticks. And we would go there and pick whichever colors we wanted. And she always had these tins of um, raspberry candies, too, that we That's could... right. I had yeah. forgotten about those. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just... So kind of a typical grandma. <laughs> Very much. Where, where you get ice cream and all the treats. Yeah. And she wouldn't do that to the two of you often, probably, but... Mm -hmm. uh, so she, she she kept mentoring others well in her 80s, and in 1978 she received an honorary doctorate from Augustana. Do you remember that? She actually was um, somewhat nervous about it, reluctant. She was not, she was humble. She didn't want recognition, but I think deep down she was very pleased. But I she never graduated it. from a college either, no, right? No, no, she didn't. She no. did all these things without a college degree. But she, she did go to college for she chemistry. She did, right? For chemistry. Yeah, chemistry. but I mean, but she never graduated from college, no, so right, she right. kind of she did this as she went along. I right. mean, she wrote right. the book. She wrote the book. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and the other thing I noticed that uh, in many of her uh, uh, credits and uh, is that she received the Hubert H. Humphrey yes, Award did. for Humanitarian Service, and I'm from here on South Dakota. The Hubert Humphrey was born in Dolan, South Dakota, and raised and his his brother had a had a drugstore in Heron, and Hubert Humphrey was always in Heron. Oh, okay. So uh, Hubert Humphrey is just one of the greatest uh, uh -huh. uh, public servants we've ever had, and that is really says a lot, you know. And he he really cared for mm -hmm. people, you know. So. Right. Uh, and then here is the other one that I thought was really cool, you guys, is that Grace was known as the champion of children. At one point in her retirement, because of no available space at the school in Edgemont, she opened her home as a classroom for ex exceptional children. I mean, who does that kind of thing, right? She does. Grace Martin. She does. <laughs> and then the other thing that I thought was really interesting is here she's being inducted in the South Dakota Hall of Fame with probably the most famous person we're inducting uh, this year is our former governor, Dennis Dugard. And Dennis, his former, his his lifelong profession before he became a governor was the executive director of the Children's Home Society of South Dakota. Right. And your mother was a board member of the Children's Home. Right. Grandmother, you know, yes. Or grandmother, yes. excuse yep. me. Yes. And, and so, I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of says it all. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to mention that to Governor Dugard tonight that uh, yeah. that she was, uh, he may or may not know that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. and, but I just, that just really yeah. speaks highly. Uh, so Grace, we said she uh, died in 1985. And before we came in here, uh, Tony was just telling me about a, a new venture in her life that she started that really exemplifies and honors her grand, great grandmother's life. Would tell us what you what you're up to, Tony, in in your new sure. Well, venture. we've decided, and we live in Austin, Texas, currently, and so we're starting there with opening some mental health practices. And um, I, it's my hope to have a picture of her in, in the offices oh, and just um, thinking on what she did in a way to continue on helping and just really a desire to help. We're a little further along in our career life, so this really is an opportunity to try and give back and maybe 
help honor her and, and awesome. her desire to give back. And coming off the pandemic, when we're just so short of good mental health services mm -hmm. all over our society, that's just really awesome. Sure. And, <laughs> well, I want to thank you, ladies. And uh, the, to me, the South Dakota Hall of Fame, Grace Martin highly exemplifies the type of person that we as board of directors elect to, to get into the Hall of Fame. And she's been gone since 85, and we always try to uh, induct someone posthumously. And I think we really hit a home you, run. I know we did. And you ladies really uh, gave a great portrait of your grandmother and great-grandmother, and I want to thank you for being here. And I think we're thrilled that her legacy will live on in the Hall of Fame. And so that's, yes. and, and that's what's so. going to be cool is your grandchildren will be able to right. go on a website someday and right. say, that was my great-great-grandmother. Yep, yeah. true. Which is going to be really cool. Thank you. All right. thank well, thank you, you for thank coming you. today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the South Dakota Hall of Fame and these dream chasers, visit our website at www.sdexcellence.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.